Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to another episode of Boom Lawyered, a Rewire radio podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that is never going to give you up, let you down, turn around, or desert you. I'm Imani Gandhi. And I'm Jess Piclo. Rewire.news is dedicated to bringing you the best reproductive rights and social justice news, commentary, and analysis on the web. The Team Legal Podcast is part of that mission. So a big thanks to our subscribers and welcome to our new listeners. Welcome! <laughs> I just thought I'd shout that out. <laughs> so between falling flat on their faces in healthcare repeal to just getting their asses handed to them in the last election, you'd think Republicans would back off obsessing over fetuses. But you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong AF. <laughs> <laughs> In this episode, we discuss fetal personhood, from heartbeat bans to the tax bill to judicial appointments. Yup, that's right. Republicans are so obsessed with fetuses, they are even writing fetal personhood into the tax bill. Jess and I are going to take it even further, though. We're going to dive deep down into the laws that define the concept of person and how they play into all of this legislation and how they tie into the philosophy of most of Trump's judicial nominees, including Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, I mean Gorsuch, and by the time we're done, you'll be able to argue under the table anyone who claims that fetuses are people. And that includes Neil Gorsuch. I mean Gorsuch. Damn it, Jess. I keep doing that. It's our autocorrect. It really is. It's our Siri. This past month has been a doozy when it comes to the federal government trying to crawl all up inside your uterus and plant a flag there. The Republican-controlled Congress is doing a lot of seriously unconstitutional shit, y'all, like hiding personhood language in the fucking tax code and trying to ban abortion at six weeks. So, Jess, what the hell is going on? Oh, God, so much crap. Okay, so first, the House Republicans recently passed their version of the tax bill, and this sneaks fetal personhood into it in the form of a tax savings account called a 529 plan. These are plans that let parents sock away money for college tax-free. Now, they existed before this last tax bill, but this latest version makes one big change, and that's in who qualifies as a beneficiary under the plan. What the House bill does is effectively redefine who a beneficiary is from anyone from the point of conception on. And that means that as soon as that blue line shows up on your pregnancy test, you can open a tax-free account in the name of your zygote. The TLDR on this proposal is that in addition to creating fetal personhood, it is also an enormous tax avoidance scam for the rich because now you can create those accounts much earlier. As of the recording of this podcast, the Senate is making its own version of the bill, which is likely to have that same language in it. Assuming Trump signs it and there's no reason to think he won't, voila, fetus is a person under the tax code. What happens if you miscarry? I don't know. What happens and when can a fetus claim to be a beneficiary when they get the cash? I have no idea. And I doubt that the Republicans ever got any further, honestly, than fetus plus tax loophole equals awesome. They're not exactly a brain trust over there. No. And, you know, despite some of their strategic thinking, the long term on the law planning is a little shaky. Just a little. OK, but wait, there's even more, Imani. House Republicans are also pushing a law that would ban abortion when a fetal heart rate is detected, which is approximately six weeks. And also, which, by the way, federal courts have already found unconstitutional in both North Dakota and Arkansas. And those aren't bastions of liberal uh, federal courts at all. Now, it's not clear when or if they'll even actually vote on the measure, but nothing about this administration is clear. So now this heartbeat nonsense, what the hell's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. 
Heartbeat bans are hella unconstitutional, as we like to say here in the Bay. Hella unconstitutional. But that didn't stop Steve King, who really is just a terrible person, from introducing H.R. 490, a bill that bans abortion when a heartbeat can be detected, which, as Jess mentioned, can be as early as six weeks. And you know what? A lot of people don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. I sure didn't. You, of course you didn't, because most people don't. It's, it's ridiculous. That's, you know why? It's because pregnancies are dated from your last menstrual period. So by the time that you even notice that you're late, you're probably already about a month pregnant. That doesn't leave a whole lot of wiggle room, but that's exactly the point, isn't it? Right? It's all theater and junk science designed to obfuscate the very simple fact that anti-choicers believe that women are incubators and that if you get pregnant, that having a baby is the consequence that you pay for having unprotected sex, you little slut. And these people are really super into theatrics. The heartbeat ban bill got its illustrious beginning in 2011 in the Ohio State Legislature on Valentine's Day. A woman by the name of Janet Porter, who heads up this really gnarly anti-LGBTQ and anti-choice conservative group called Faith to Action, organized for a bunch of heart-shaped balloons to be delivered to the legislature, to the state legislature in Ohio on Valentine's Day, because hearts, heartbeat ban, get it, have a heart, ban abortion at six weeks. It's ridiculous. And Steve King's theatrics are very similar. He actually saved a front row seat at the hearing on the heartbeat ban for a sonogram, which he then proceeded to narrate what the fetus was thinking and feeling as if he were some sort of fetus whisperer. It's creepy. And you know what else is creepy? They did the same thing. Oh, no, go ahead. It's creepy. And you talk more about how it's creepy. I was just going to say they pulled the same shit in Ohio and the fetus didn't actually show up. They couldn't get an image on the sonogram. So really, does that raise the question of if the fetus was in contempt? And it sounds silly, but I mean, when, you, when you're advancing this kind of legislation, that's the logical conclusion to this crime. It is. Holding a fetus in contempt of court is pretty interesting. Um, and creepy. I mean, it, the, the whole thing, this fetus obsession is creepy. And you want to know what else is super creepy? Remember that Texas Congress person, his name was Michael Burgess a few years ago, who once said that he was opposed to abortion because fetuses can feel pleasure and pain as evidenced by the fact that fetuses masturbate in the womb. I mean, hello, creepy. Why are you talking about fetuses masturbating in the room? It, These creeps, they use junk science in order to make outrageous claims about fetuses wanking off in utero. But more importantly and critical for this legal discussion that we're having is that they're using junk science to roll back viability. So let me just get on, get my my legal nerd on a little bit. So in Roe v. Wade, the court said that you have the right to an abortion up to the point of fetal viability. That point is usually about 24 weeks. All right. So the idea is, is if we can roll back fetal viability using junk science, this is the thinking of the anti-choicers, then that means if there are viable fetuses at 20 weeks, then we can start banning abortion at 20 weeks. And that's what they're hoping to do with the 20 week ban. It is plainly clear that no fetus is viable at six weeks. So the idea is propose a ludicrous six-week ban. And then when people you know, clutch their pearls in horror and say it's ridiculous to ban abortion at six weeks, then they can unveil their 20-week ban and say, eh, 20-week, that's more reasonable. But it's not reasonable. They're both unreasonable because they're both unconstitutional as hell. 
And so far, the Supreme Court has agreed. I mean, Arizona tried this shit earlier, and the Ninth Circuit said, nope, you can't do that, that a 20-week ban, even if you say it's for something like fetal pain or whatever, it's still a pre-viability ban. And the Supreme Court refused to take that up. We'll see if that remains the case um, with the addition of Neil Gorsuch. But, you know, like everything, who knows? And I just wanted to make another point or get back to the point that I was making, which is that Republicans really do want you to think that a 20-week abortion ban is reasonable. And in in Ohio, back to Ohio, John Kasich actually vetoed a six-week ban on the same day that he signed into law a 20-week ban based on this theory that, well, you know, the six-week ban is a little bit too much, but this 20-week ban, that's more reasonable. It ain't reasonable, folks. It's not reasonable. And it's theatrics, as Imani said. But it also is doing something really dangerous, which is messing around with the idea of what is a person under the law. And they've been doing this for a while, okay? Because thanks to Citizens United, we have the idea that the Constitution says corporations are people too. And Hobby Lobby takes that even further and said that most corporations can take on the religious beliefs of their human owners. So Imani, if a corporation can be a person, why not a fetus? Why not indeed? That question brings us up to our next topic, which is who and what is a person under the law? So these fetus fanatics in Congress added personhood language to the tax bill and are essentially arguing that cardiac cells are people. It's bananas and raises the question of what is a person even anyway, Zamani? You'd think a question like what is a person would be easy to answer, but who are we kidding? Of course it's not easy because lawyers are pompous asses and we need to make everything difficult. We apologize. Seriously, we're the worst. Absolutely the worst. So first, the term person is a term of art. Colloquially speaking, when we think of person, we think of an existing human being, which is why when Mitt Romney says stuff like corporations are people too, my friend, you want him to fall down in a puddle and walk around in wet socks for the rest of his life. A person has feelings and emotions. A person does things. A person walks and talks and forms relationships with other people. And even though corporations don't have friends or feelings or free will, they are still considered persons, but they are considered juridical persons. That's J-U-R-I-D-I-C-A-L, persons. Basically, that means the government has afforded corporations certain constitutional protections. So there are two different ideas here. There are natural persons. These are persons who have rights that attach at birth. A religious person would call them God-given rights. They are alive, breathing people with all of the rights that you would normally associate with an alive, breathing person. And then there are juridical persons. These are artificial persons. These persons are given constitutional rights by state or federal law. And those rights are subject to the whims of the state or the federal government. So where does fetal personhood fall in this? When it comes to fetal personhood, so far the law has said that a zygote is not a natural person like you and me, and therefore doesn't have the same constitutional rights. Those rights really start to attach at viability. But personhood folks say, nope, life begins at conception, and so too do all those rights associated with it. That means that abortion is murder, and a miscarriage is at a minimum suspicion of negligent homicide. So personhood laws pit the rights of pregnant people against the state's interest in legislating in favor of potential fetal life. The Supreme Court from Roe on has said time and time and time again that the only time a state's interest in fetal life can trump the rights of a pregnant person is after viability. But personhood folks want to change all of that and erase the rights of pregnant people entirely. 
And with the loss the anti-choice movement had in whole women's health defending the Texas clinic shutdown laws and claiming they were necessary to promote patient safety when they clearly were not, I mean, not even the Supreme Court bought that, the next big legal test is how far states can go in pushing anti-choice laws in the name of promoting potential fetal life. Now, I just want to slow down for a minute and reiterate that the court has said that states have an interest in potential life and not in life itself. So personhood isn't about the rights of fetuses versus the rights of pregnant people. It's about states' rights versus the rights of pregnant people. But framing it that way isn't as compelling, right? Anti-choicers want to keen on about the rights of the quote-unquote unborn and the rights of the quote-unquote Preborn, but the law doesn't care about the pre or unborn. It cares about the state's interest in what might become a life in the future. In other words, fetuses aren't people. The Supreme Court has never said that a fetus is a person. The Supreme Court explicitly rejected fetal personhood in Roe v. Wade. And again, even if the court were to decide that fetuses are people, that doesn't mean that a fetus is a person like you or me. And it certainly doesn't mean that a fetus would have the same rights as an actual alive, breathing person. It's the difference between being a juridical person, which a fetus is, and a natural person, which a human being is. The court would then decide what rights a fetus has, just like it has decided what rights a corporation has. So basically, under the law, fetuses are more like corporations than they are like people. And not for nothing, the majority of Americans don't think that fetuses are people either. Personhood activists have desperately been trying to make personhood happen. And like so much fetch, it isn't happening. Not happening. I mean, God, Jessica, stop trying to make personhood happen and you can't sit with us. can't wait till we do our Mean Girls reboot, but all about reproductive rights. <laughs> voters routinely reject ballot initiatives is what I'm saying, folks. In Mississippi in 2011, voters rejected it. Three times in Colorado, voters rejected it. In 2008, 2010, 2014. And in 2017, 17 states have introduced personhood laws. Now, thus far, most of them have failed to advance, and those that haven't probably won't advance. Um, I think Alaska is the only legislature that has not adjourned and they have a personhood law that they have introduced, but they adjourn on Friday and it's very unlikely that it's going to pass. Okay, y'all, I promised a Gorsuch connection and here it is. Remember when Amani broke down natural persons versus juridical people? There's an entire strain of legal thinking, which by the way is not the mainstream, that embraces this idea of natural law. These natural law folks are folks who believe that our rights come from God and that the law should respect those rights from, quote unquote, natural life to natural death. Now, in the civil rights world, that can lead to some pretty wild and terrible conclusions when you add in the fact that the natural law proponents are almost always religious evangelicals who believe life begins at conception, that the Bible justified slavery, and that being gay or transgender is a mortal sin. So you're telling me that the natural law crowd is against abortion always, since fetal life starts as soon as you see a blue line on a pregnancy test. Uh, The natural law crowd is also against in vitro fertilization and death with dignity and assisted suicide. Right, because none of those involve the cycle of life from natural life to natural death. And the natural law crowd is also usually against civil rights laws as well, since evangelicals don't actually believe that everyone gets the same equal rights from God. I mean, how can they if they think that being gay is a sin and women are potentially always pregnant just like God intended? These are also a lot of the same folks that argued they could ignore desegregation laws because Jesus said so. So who is part of this natural law crowd then? Well, 
Gorsuch and pretty much all of Trump's other judicial nominees that have either been confirmed or will be since, let's be honest, Democrats can't really do a damn thing to stop it. So who are these folks? We've got people like Amy Comey Barrett, who was recently confirmed to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. She's fantastic. She's never been a judge, actually. She's only been a law professor at the University of Notre Dame, where she did such things as uh, argue vigorously against the birth control benefit and was super excited when the university sued to block employees and students from getting access to it under their insurance plans. Then we have a real peach named Steve Gratz, who is a nominee for the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. He's part of this group called the Nebraska Family Alliance, and they advocate for such things as fetal personhood and also that horrible, uh, quote unquote, conversion therapy. He is fantastic. And these are just a tip of the iceberg. I mean, really, what we need to do is an entire show on the parade of horribles that is the Trump judicial nominees. Yeah. And so that means these people are getting lifetime appointments, jobs for life, and they fundamentally do not believe in established civil rights precedent. Why should we trust them to uphold it? We shouldn't at all. And I just got to say that when you say jobs for life, I just think of jobs for life, L-Y-F-E. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag jobs for life. <laughs> okay, so now's the part of the show where we read our five-star reviews. We love our listeners. We love our listeners who leave us five-star reviews. And so we read them on the air. They're amazing. They really are amazing. Okay, so the first one we have is, the, the title is Boom, My New Podcast. As a non-lawyer interested in all things SCOTUS, I am so excited that Hegemami and Angry Black Lady of Team Legal have added doing a podcast to their overly abundant legal plates. I will be listening even if, maybe especially, the episodes turn into a half hour of full-on screaming. <laughs> I think we did threaten to do. I think I threatened on Twitter once to just do a half hour of just screaming and that would be it. Um, uh, thank you. That was from call mate, call mate baby. So I guess that's supposed to be like, call me baby, call me maybe, call mate baby. I don't know, but I like the name. Um, the next one we have is from Philly Jen and it's called Save the Kittens. <laughs> Team Legal. <laughs> I've been, if, for those who aren't on Twitter, I've been saying that there are only two types of people in the world. Those who listen to our podcast and those who drown kittens. So it's honestly a true statement. It's a true statement. If you're listening to this podcast, there is a hundred percent chance that you have never drowned a kitten. And I, I stand by that statement. Um, so from Philly Jen, we have Team Legal is a delight. Imani and Jessica are brilliant and funny. It's great to get a deep dive into legal issues in a fun way. Down with Neil Gorsuch. Save a kitten. Subscribe to Boom Lawyer. <laughs> thank you, Philly Jen. Seriously, thank you. And also, hashtag Philly life, right? Okay. This one we have from Star Dragon 45 Truth Bombs Abound. Highly informative, entertaining, that explains the law to the layman podcast. The truth bombs dropped, delivered. Oh, whoa, 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 blah, blah, blah. Hang on. The truth bombs dropped, deliver a huge punch of snark, information that stays with you. Awesome job. Not an awesome job reading on my part, but thank you, Star Dragon. <laughs> I love the idea of dropping truth bombs too. Like, I drop really a truth bomb. Boom. Like the old fat bombs now going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. The next one we have is Key Lime. 3.14. That is clever as fuck. <laughs> Key lime pie. I really like that. <laughs> See, our listeners uh, are brilliant and clever. And they funny. really are. That's so good. Okay. It says, where can I buy merch? 
You ladies of the law make legal news bite-sized and accessible. I wish you had more and or longer episodes. Hashtag team legal. Hashtag promo cat. Someday I will explain what promo cat is. It has to do with the podcast that I used to host this week in blackness. It's a long story. We'll save it for another episode. But thank you, Keyline. And, and seriously, what have, what are the chances that someone just told two lawyers to keep talking and talk more? Right. <laughs> no one ever says that. People are usually like, hey, lawyers, shut. <laughs> shut your key lime pie holes, eh? Eh? Tip <laughs> your weight okay. staff, Move- folks. <laughs> Moving on. This one is from Lisa M. Boom. Awesome. Imani and Jess are great. And Boom Lawyered is an informative, easy way to keep up with SCOTUS, Repro Justice, and other legal news. Perfect for both lawyers and non-lawyers. By the way, if I give you both my address, will you please stop by for a beer? Yes, we will, Lisa. <laughs> that's not yes. a real. That's not a real question. Of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, obviously we will. No doubt about it. Uh, next, we have boom, love it <laughs> from C fail tage. I don't know if there's a if there's a pun in there that I'm missing. C fail tage. C fail tage. I don't know. Big fan of ABL from way back. Thank you. New fan of Jess. Jess, thanks you. Love the show and wish you both the most and the best. I have never been able to understand legal issues this clearly and easily. This show really gets into the mechanics of our judicial system in ways that are so important right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heart emoji. Thank you. Oh, really. hugs. That's so great. Thank you. I, love, I love a heart emoji. It's lovely. Oh, crap. I can't get... Okay. Oh, here we go. Okay. Moving on. Sarah Four. The truths we need. This podcast has common sense and humor-filled explanations of legal matters that help lay people like me grasp what's going on in the court system. And plus, there's the dragging of associate justice Neil Gorsuch. <laughs> Oops, Gorsuch. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> With more Gorsuchs on the horizon for the judiciary, America may be sliding into a judicial hellscape. But maybe this podcast can help slow the descent? Thank you, Sarah. We certainly hope so. And we certainly agree with your opinion of associate justice, Neil Gorsuch. That's amazing. I think we're going to have to borrow that. Attribution, of course. Okay. Case face. Here we go. The next one is from Case Face. It says, thank you. Thank you, Imani and Jessica, for teaching me so many things every episode. The cocktail of legalese and snark you are serving is exactly what I'm looking for. Sorry there's so much material for you to work with in this administration in particular, but glad you're using your power for good. Thank you, Case Face. That's what we aim to do. Absolutely. Use our powers for good and not for evil. Evil. Okay. <laughs> This one is from Threaded Amanda. So helpful. Despite the fact that my work directly bears on legal and policy questions around abortion and family planning, I truly didn't understand what was going on after I published my findings or testified until I started getting schooled by these two via the internet. Also, their descriptions of the intersections of rulemaking and the legislative process are literally unparalleled. We are so lucky to have this podcast. Wow. Thank you, Threaded Amanda. That's really so nice. Oh my gosh. It's so nice. We heart you. That's fantastic. I love to hear from people who work in the field and, and find out that we're being helpful because that's that's really that's just the really the greatest love of all. Absolutely. I mean if we can if we can make sure that folks are are finding the stuff informational and um, entertaining from the folks who work in the field to folks who are just interested in it, um, that's awesome. That's what we aim to do. Absolutely. Um, the next one we have, and I think this is going to be our last one, and then I'm going to save the next five for the next episode because we've been reading these for quite a while now. We have Kansas Librarian 
Concise, informative, and fun is the title of this one. It says, as a political junkie and reproductive justice advocate who never would have hacked it in law school, I adore this podcast. Imani and Jessica are both brilliant at cutting through the legalese and breaking down complex issues with vast amounts of humor and knowledge. That's from Kansas Librarian. Thank you, Kansas Librarian. We are sure you would have hacked it in law school, but again, we congratulate congratulate you for choosing not to. <laughs> Seriously. Job well, Job well done. And thank you, everybody, for all those reviews. That is just fantastic and and yay. Yay, really yay. There, and, and literally, there are so many that we can't re- read them all, but we love them. We love you. We love the show. We love the law. We love helping you understand the law. Help us help you. <laughs> I'm sorry. So that's it for us this week. We thank you so much for listening and for subscribing. And we urge you to tell your friends about us. We love our listeners. We love the show. We love the law. You can find us on Twitter at Angry Black Lady and at Hegemommy. That's H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. And don't forget at Rewire underscore news. And please be sure to share your thoughts with us. Pepper us with questions using the hashtag Team Legal. And we'll see you next time. Boom Lawyered is created and hosted by Imani Gandhi and Jessica Mason Piclo. The show is produced by Nora Hurley. Our executive producer is Mark Folletti. And Rewire's editor in chief is Jody Jacobson. Hey.